You're listening to To Dine for the Podcast, the Shot Put Media production, presented by MasterCard. Start something priceless. What's better in life than a bottle of wine, great food, and an amazing conversation? My name is Kate Sullivan, and I am the host of To Dine For. I'm a journalist, a foodie, a traveler with an appetite for the stories of people who are hungry for more. Dreamers, visionaries, artists, those who hustle hard in the direction they love. I travel with them to their favorite restaurant to hear how they did it. This show is a toast to them and their American dream. To Dine For the Podcast is brought to you by Terlato Wine Group, Lavazza, and American National Insurance. To Dine For the Podcast is brought to you by Riazul Tequila, referred to as one of the best sipping tequilas on the market. It comes from the highlands of Jalisco, 7,200 feet above sea level. Riazul's agave has a higher sugar content, lending itself to a sweeter taste profile. If you are looking for a true sipping tequila with extraordinary depth after being aged two years in a cognac barrel, you'll have to try Riazul Tequila. Cheers, everyone. To Dine for the Podcast is brought to you by Lavazza. Four generations of the Lavazza family have been working to perfect the art of blending coffee since 1895 with a devotion to making coffee moments special. Signature blend Lavazza Classico with its intensely rich flavor and sweet aromatic notes is a celebration of the Italian way of life in every cup and is available any way you brew your coffee. To Dine for the Podcast is brought to you by American National, offering a broad suite of insurance solutions to protect what matters most to you. For 115 years, American National has remained committed to helping people and communities make a real difference in their lives. American National supports great local community organizations led by the kind of people you hear about on To Dine For, people who are inspired to make a difference and inspire others in return. American National's philosophy is helping where it's needed helps us all. For a description of the American National companies, the products they write, and the states in which they're licensed, visit americannational.com dine. Welcome to To Dine for the Podcast, where we meet the world's most creative and innovative minds at their favorite restaurant. On today's episode is Gloria Estefan. If you can leave love in people's hearts, then I can't imagine a better thing. That is Gloria Estefan, a singer, songwriter, actress, businesswoman, and living legend. You are in for a treat today because Gloria is taking me to her favorite restaurant, The Wave in Vero Beach. And over the flavors of her beloved Cuban food, she's sharing her journey, the hard-earned lessons she's learned along the way, and the road that she paved for so many other Latin artists. Please enjoy my interview with Gloria Estefan. Today I'm in Vero Beach, Florida, on my way into a restaurant known for delicious Cuban cuisine. I'm meeting a living legend and one of the most famous names in Latin pop music. Gloria, how are you? It is so wonderful to meet you. Thank you so much for doing this. I'm happy that we were able to finally get this to happen. Oh, I know. I agree. Welcome. If you haven't been to the Hamptons of Florida, let me introduce you to Vero Beach. This small city of less than 20,000 is located on the Atlantic coast of Florida, 
about halfway up the state. Locals love it because it's out of the spotlight of Palm Beach in Miami, the ultimate luxurious spot to hide out. It is the place for water sports, fishing, and golf. The beaches are beautiful. The upmarket boutiques and spas are first class. Vero Beach isn't just home to Gloria Estefan, it's also where she and her husband Emilio opened their latest restaurant, the Wave Kitchen and Bar. Well, it's a little bit of taste of uh, Latin culture, and but at the same time, we, we try to cater uh, what we had to offer, which is food, ocean, seafood, local ingredients. The Wave features new American food with a Cuban twist. There are classic dishes like filet mignon and pork tenderloin. And then there are dishes that bring in the Cuban culture, like pollo asado and ropa vieja. Well, it's very simple in a way that is uh, not too many ingredients. That's what I love about it is, you know, they have the sofrito, which is you know, your onions and your peppers and your garlic and olive oil. And then comes just a few spices, you know, the cumin, your oregano, your salt, a little bit of pepper, and you have Cuban. The restaurant is designed to make you feel like you're at an intimate dinner party with one heck of a view. The Latin culture is known for being very, I don't want to say loud, but maybe a little bit, but very happy, very happening. Uh, so we want to express that through our food and through the location, the ocean. Cuban culture and food is near and dear to Gloria's heart, which is why I'm excited to dine on her favorites and find out more about her illustrious career. You literally could have chosen any restaurant as one of your favorites. Tell me why you chose this spot. I chose this spot because, first of all, it's on what I call my favorite place on earth. So we found this house, uh, 10 miles north of here, and I fell in love so much with the place that I wanted to be a part of the business community here and make an investment. Let's start with the food here. What are we eating? Is this the ceviche? Okay, yes, this is ceviche. Now, oh, ceviche will be traditionally a Cuban dish, and it isn't just a Cuban restaurant, although we do have our Cuban specialties, because there's nowhere in town where you can find it. I have never had ceviche on the show before, and it's one of my favorite things to eat. You're kidding me. So I'm so excited. I'm not kidding. Ceviche is one of my favorites, and it turns out it's also one of Emilio Estefan's favorites too, which is why it's on today's menu. Local Corvina is tossed in lime juice, cilantro, red onion, jalapeno, and peppers. The freshness of the fish paired with a crispy plantain, the perfect combination. Food is especially important to you. It is very much. Tell me a little bit about the roots of that, because you have, you have family on both sides who were in the food business. Yes. My grandmother, who raised me pretty much because my mom was working in Cuba, and then she kind of took over. I was her favorite. I was her first. <laughs> when she got to the United States at 57 years old, didn't speak English, she rented a house that abutted a public park, and there was a bunch of Cuban families, men with their sons, at Little League. And she went and realized there were no concessions and headed over there with tamales, croquetas, uh, the pulled pork, mm -hmm. Cuban-style lechon sandwiches, and she sold everything out within 30 minutes. She did that for two to three weeks, and then she said, look, my house is literally a couple of steps away. Why don't you bring your boys? Eventually, she rented a pitching machine for the kids. She created a business in her home that was grossing five grand a week wow. in 1968. What a businesswoman. What she, an entrepreneur. She was brilliant. 
brilliant. Uh, and of course, I was in the kitchen helping her every step of the way. And then she would have me perform <laughs> with my guitar. She'd go sing we the need song. music. Gloria, where are you? And since she had people that would come that were in the music industry, she would have me sing for them. And I go, Grandma, you know, I don't like to be the center of attention. This isn't going to happen. I'm going to study psychology. And she goes, I hope you realize that you have a gift, and if you don't share it, you're not going to be happy. This was your grandmother. Uh-huh. She knew. She did, and she goes, I hope you realize when it lands in your lap, because it will, mm. that this is what you have to do, and that's exactly what happened. It really surprised me that you just said that being the center of attention is not what you wanted. <laughs> I know, Is that right? true? Yes. You Absolutely. hate to be the center of attention. I don't like it. I mean, it's not part of my nature. At this point, I'm used to it. Right. My mom was the diva of the family. I think she also felt that I wouldn't do a good job at it because even though she loved how I sang and would make me sing for all her friends, yes, I think she feared for me in that world because she thought that I wasn't going to be able to, you know, to do it. Feel May like I serve one for you? That would be wonderful. Please, what are these, we eating? These are the Ropa Cups. Ropa Cups are yet another menu item that goes right back to Gloria's connection to Cuba. In this delicious appetizer, a plantain green is hollowed out and smashed down into a cup form. The cup is filled with ropa vieja, a combination of shredded beef, peppers, onions, tomatoes, and spices. It's baked and topped with cheese. This is a taste of, of really how you grew up, your family, mm -hmm. your culture, and really what you love the most. Isn't it true that there's a direct parallel between music and hospitality, and that you, in a way, are creating a show, and you're creating an experience, and you're transporting people? Absolutely. And people's most memorable experiences in life are usually around food and family. And, and music. Yes, and mm -hmm. music, especially for Latinos. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're... There's no party in a Latino household where there isn't music and somebody's going to dance, whether it's in the kitchen with my dogs or... But we will dance mm -hmm. everywhere. So for us, it's very important to make that a wonderful experience and make sure that people feel like they're being pampered. Yes. Cared for. Exactly. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting that you were originally going to become a lawyer <laughs> and you were studying international studies and mm -hmm. that your goal really had... Your, your future goals had nothing to do with music. I'm an immigrant. You need a job. <laughs> and um, music has always been a very risky business. Mm -hmm. So when we came here, my original idea was psychology. I graduated with double majors in psychology and communications and got accepted to the clinical psychology school. Only 12 chairs at the UM. But at that point, I had joined the band for mm -hmm. fun. At that point, I had fallen in love with Emilio. You could say Gloria's husband, Emilio Estefan, is also in the family business. He's an entrepreneur, a best-selling author, and a legendary music producer with 19 Grammys on his shelf. This power couple met back in 1975, married in 1978, and have built quite the musical legacy and life together. It all started when Emilio asked Gloria to be in his band. Take me back to the very beginning of the Miami Sound Machine. How did that come to be? You know what? Like my grandma said, it fell in my lap. <laughs> I went to an all-girl Catholic high school. So we had two brother schools, Belen and Columbus. Mm -hmm. And there was a boy in one of the brother schools that was a friend and that when we would get together at somebody's house, 
we'd play guitar and he called me right when I was about to graduate and said, look, I'm doing this one night thing. I'm putting a band together. I go, all right, why not? He goes, come to my house. We're going to rehearse. Sitting on the floor next to my friend, he was playing the keyboard. We we're running through some numbers and there's a knock at the door and I look and when they open the door, all I see is legs and an accordion. And I'm going like, <laughs> and this guy walks in and he looked naked because he was wearing really short shorts. He just had an accordion with no pants on. Well, exactly because you couldn't see the shorts. So he comes in, he did his thing, you know, he had a sing for him, he played his accordion. So I was watching his hands and his legs, which were great legs. Was this Emilio? Yes. <laughs> so Aww. he leaves and that was it. We did our gig that one night and I've, I've got two jobs and I'm going to school. And you're on a path going this way. Exactly. I go, I, I, I can't work this in. I, you know, I don't want to take time away from you, but thank you. You know, it, it's really impressive that you would, oh, this is good stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Paella is traditionally a Spanish dish, but the Waves Paella takes it to a whole new level with a Cuban twist. The chef uses Cezanne in the sauce, a spice that's popular in Cuban cooking. The scallops, shrimp, chicken, Spanish chorizo, and rice are all simmered together in a seafood broth, finished on top of the stove, not in the oven. May I serve you? Yes, please, please, Drew, thank you. Two weeks later, the phone rings and my sister picks up and she starts jumping all over. It's that boy, that boy is calling you, like making fun, you know, like sisters do. Yes. And I go, that boy, what boy? He goes, why don't you come out to a rehearsal? Let's try it out. Yeah. I think you'd, and now at this point, I'm going like, my heart was beating and I'm going, oh my gosh. I go, okay. He goes, come Tuesday, we're gonna rehearse. We'll have more on this conversation in just a minute, but first, thank you to our sponsors. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. To Dine For the podcast is brought to you by American National offering a broad suite of insurance solutions to protect what matters most to you. There's a funny thing about most insurance commercials, whether they feature lizards or birds or funny cartoon characters. It seems like they want you to think about anything but insurance. American National, on the other hand, has real local agents who get to know you so they can help you reach better decisions about your insurance to make sure you're protecting what matters most to you. American National agents are part of your community. They're your neighbors. So whether it's solutions for your home, your small business, your farm, or your life, you can count on your local American National agent to make sure you get the discounts you deserve and the protection you need without paying for extras you don't. With American National, you get an ally, not just a web page. For a description of the American National companies, the products they write in the states in which they're licensed, 
Visit AmericanNational.com slash dine. To Dine for the Podcast is brought to you by Riazul Tequila, referred to as one of the best sipping tequilas on the market. It comes from the highlands of Jalisco, 7,200 feet above sea level. Riazul's agave has a higher sugar content, lending itself to a sweeter taste profile. If you are looking for a true sipping tequila with extraordinary depth after being aged two years in a cognac barrel, you'll have to try Riazul Tequila. Cheers, everyone. Now back to our conversation. When you start to really get going and start to develop a fan base and start to get more successful, what was that experience like and what did it teach you, those mm. early years of fame? Well, the early, early years for me were brutal because I was literally learning how to be a front man. Mm. It was a baptism of fire for me. Was it? I loved, absolutely loved the rehearsals because I could get in there and do the arrangements with everybody. I had all these ideas. Mm -hmm. And I remember one specific gig that we were going to play in somewhere in Central America. It was a big fashion show. And you know how fashion shows, there's no stage. It's in right. the back. Then there was this long 50-foot walk, catwalk. you know, the catwalk, mm -hmm. and then a circle in the front. So there was no room for me physically. The band had to be really in the back, and I had to be oh, front and center. way over there in the center of the room all alone with my bandmates back there. But then, like I do, I throw myself into it because yeah. I like to do things well. Mm. And if I'm gonna do something, I go, okay, you know what? Let it be what it is. Mm. And I started just really connecting with the people around that were right there, literally, the stage was slightly larger than this, yes. and everybody was all around. Yes, and what do you think in that moment that experience taught you, that got you over your fear, really, of being the center of attention and allowed you to feel comfortable with it? I mean, it didn't just happen in one fell swoop. Uh -huh. I had a good 10 years okay. before we hit it big worldwide. Mm -hmm. What it taught me was that the only thing I needed to do was relax and be myself and connect with the people that were in the audience. Mm. Really connect. Mm and let them see the, what music made me feel, how, how happy it made me, and that it was gonna be infectious. And we came off that my knees were knocking. I remember two times in my life where my knees were knocking. That was one of them, and the second time was on the American Music Awards after my accident when I got back on that stage. In 1990, Gloria was resting on her tour bus when an 18-wheeler collided with the bus, tossing her onto the floor. Gloria broke her back in the crash and was unable to walk. The accident left her with two titanium rods inserted into her back and the fear of what would happen next. Was there a moment, specifically on stage, that you will remember for the rest of your life of all your performances? Was there a... Absolutely. Was, can you share it? March 1st of 1991, when I stepped back on stage after I broke my back in 1990 and was paralyzed and... But that show in Miami, the energy in that room is indescribable. The euphoria that I felt is otherworldly. Really? In that show, we were all wearing fencing masks, and I purposely did a very complex routine, and we were all the dancers and me. Nobody knew it was me in there. They thought, oh, here's the opening of the show. And then right when we do all this stuff, 
they picked me up and when I pulled off oh. that fencing mask, that place went ballistic because they thought, is she coming out in a wheelchair? Right. Is right. she going to sit for the whole show? Is she going to stand there? And I, and I wanted them to relax, even though it took me another two years to really be... A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. As, as hundred as I was going to be with it, the hardware and everything. What do you think that experience gave you? Which is a hard question when it, when it took so much from you. I tell people, I go, I wouldn't want to go through it again, but I wouldn't change it. It showed me a discipline that I never knew I could have. Patience that I never knew I could be capable of. Determination and the power of prayer. Because I grew up in Catholic school and I was, you know, you pray, the Our Father. I couldn't understand until I was the recipient of people's prayers from all over the world. It was, it was a physical energy that I felt like I was plugged in to a wall socket. You could feel it throughout your recovery. I could feel it from the moment I had that accident. It was the collective focus of good because everybody was only wishing me well. And that is so powerful. Yeah, I and can't imagine. It was incredible. Yeah. It's that I'll never forget in it. For the rest of my life, it's, it's something that I will always use and and focus on and I yeah. share as much as I can. Gloria has shared so much of herself with the world through her music. She's churned out 38 number one hits on the Billboard charts. She's sold more than 100 million records, authored two New York Times bestsellers, and a smash Broadway musical, On Your Feet, was based on her life. But arenas and music venues are just part of it for Gloria. I was just amazed at the variety of experiences, the businesses that you've had. I mean, you've now started on the Red Table, yeah. you know, interviewing in a completely different arena. The th funny thing about Red Table Talk is that it's given me the opportunity to kind of do my psychology thing. Yes, it is. On this Full kind circle of scale. moment. I've been offered a lot of talk shows through the years, but none of them fit what I wanted to do with Red Table Talk, which is really have in-depth conversations, unscripted and unrehearsed. The Red Table Talk is an intimate talk show, a chance for Gloria Estefan and her daughter Emily and niece Lily to delve into subjects that people don't talk about, especially in the Latin community. It is here that Gloria revealed she was sexually abused as a child, and it is here that her daughter shares her story of coming out. You revealed the story of your daughter coming out. Yes. You revealed sexual abuse that you experienced as a child. Yes, I did. And, and what was the impact um, when you read all of the comments and when you saw the impact of really just sharing your truth and just what that can do for people? That was the point for me. And the only reason that I didn't do it before is because my mom was alive. Because whenever I would try to talk to her about what happened, she would get very upset and then physically ill. So I didn't go there knowing that I wanted to and one day I would yeah. share this. Right. When the right moment arose, mm -hmm. nobody knew, not even the producers, really? that day really? that I was gonna say what I said. I didn't even know until that moment. I, I had talked it over with Emily and Lily and they had said, we can't tell you what to do. You 
it has to be your decision. And, and, and was it cathartic or did you feel exposed and vulnerable? Well, of course you feel exposed and vulnerable. That's what happens when yeah. you share something like this. But I was sure that I wanted to do it for that reason. And from th that happening, I've already been a part of a webinar and there is actually a big study going on that abuse in children is at a pandemic level. So I'm getting much more involved and I have time also. I wanted to dedicate my, my later years in life to the things that really matter, to the things that can be helpful to other people in their lives, which is the point of doing Red Table. I've done that through music. I've tried anyway. It's a big responsibility and privilege to have people's ears. And it is a privilege and it also, uh, the impact you can make is really great, but it does take courage. And it takes you kind of digging deep and saying, am I ready to share this with the world? Yeah. And you obviously something you'd thought about for quite some time. Oh, absolutely. But it was something that I knew that one day I needed to share because I got so many messages oh. from young girls and boys, fans of mine, that have DM'd me. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. And then they pour out their hearts and souls to me. So when you think about feeling vulnerable and feeling exposed, that pales in comparison to the fact that you could truly change someone's Absolutely. life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you know what? There's a saying in Spanish that says, uh, of cowards, nothing has been written. So mm. the things that are the most difficult to do are the ones that are going to have the most impact and hopefully make someone feel less alone, even if it's just that. Like, And see that I've had a successful life. I've had my family, I've had my career, and nothing could stop me. Do you think that when you really got famous, do you think that affected your creativity? Some people say that, you know, at the beginning, you have nothing to lose, so you write the poem you want to write. But when you have a lot of notoriety and people really know you, then creativity sometimes becomes harder. What was mm. it like for you? It was the opposite. Because it was the opposite. It, it was the opposite because I had a platform, mm. and what mu what music did for me that got me through other people's music, got me through some of the toughest moments of my life, I now knew that there were people listening. So every word that I've put into a song, mm. I think about the listener and how they're going to feel. At some point you realized it wasn't about you, it was about the audience. Maybe because like my number one persona is motherhood. Yeah. This is what I wanted to do since I was a baby and I had my son the day after I turned 23. Mm. He was very planned and in a way I'm very maternal towards everyone, towards mm. my fans, towards my mom, towards mm. everyone in my sphere mm. and with my fans. Mm. You know, at the beginning, you know, they fall in love with you. Mm. But as time has gone, our relationship with my with my fans has deepened and they they reach out to me and I write them back. Mm. You know, there's fans that I've known since they're 11. They now have kids that they indoctrinate on my music. <laughs> so it's like, it's also a business thing. Like, keep it going. Through the generations. Exactly. When you look back, what would you tell your 23-year-old, 25-year-old self um, that you now know, that you oh didn't know? Oh my gosh. I would say nothing is as important as it seems to you at this moment. Ain't that the truth? Mm -hmm. And be in the moment because I got through a lot of the moments. Mm -hmm. 
and I mm. didn't focus and I don't remember a lot of things yeah. because they were so daunting and yes. they came so quick at me Yes, that I had to get through them, yes. get on the other side of them. You mentioned that you're very intentional about almost every aspect of your life. What would you like your legacy to be? You know what? I, I wrote a song called Remember Me With Love mm -hmm. and that's about all we can hope. I hope to have contributed to kindness, mm -hmm. to um, music, to culture, to elevating the place that I came from, Cuba. So that love, leave love behind. If you can leave love in people's hearts, that I can't imagine a better thing. This has been such an amazing conversation. Thank you for your transparency, your energy, oh, and your you. love. Thank you really. so much. I feel it. And thank you, and the food. Yes. And the food. Hey, hello. <laughs> What an amazing afternoon with Gloria Estefan. It's incredible to look back on all that this tremendously talented woman has accomplished. From her singing career, to her business ventures, to her new talk show, she doesn't stop. Her hard work and her commitment to excellence is what stands out. But what I'll remember most from our lunch is her open heart and her desire to connect with her audience and say something and sing something that matters to her and to you, to leave you feeling something you will remember forever. Thanks for listening to To Dine For, the podcast. For more information on the show, the guests, and the podcast, head to todinefortv.com. You can find us on Instagram at todinefortv and Facebook at todinefor with Kate Sullivan. Thanks to the sponsors of To Dine For, the podcast, American National, Lavazza and Terlato Wine Group. Special thank you to producer and sound editor John Golner. To the loyal followers of this program, cheers, stay hungry, and stay inspired. I'll see you back at the table soon. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.